Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi, we've got a good friend on the show today who is so knowledgeable about the world in grief and loss. And I know he's going to be having some great tips and tools for you all on spiritual growth after loss. So Heidi, you want to introduce him? I'd love to, Mom. As you said, he's a good friend of ours, Dr. Galen Gobin. He, is the, he has a doctorate of ministry. He is a grief coach. He is the grief support director for Forest Lawn Memorial Parks and Mortuaries in Los Angeles, California. So welcome, Galen. Thank you. Thank you. It's so good to be back with you all again. Well, Galen, every time I think of you, I have to smile because of um, Forest Lawn Mortuary. Because I, as a kid, we all went up there to see that big, fabulous picture window of Christ. Yeah, the Last Supper window. It's a beautiful uh, piece of our park there at Glendale um, and has uh, has attracted, you know, thousands and thousands of people over the years. It's uh, one of the one of the beautiful uh, elements that uh, uh, that make the park a place more about life than death. And that was uh, that's a real important part of what, what our founders uh, images and thoughts were. I love it. Wonderful. Well, you know, I was reading that you were a celebrant at one yeah. time. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. A celebrant is someone who kind of like a pastor will come along beside somebody during their, their uh, early time of grief to, and then provide them support as well as the structure and the work of that important, important ritual of a funeral or a memorial service after someone has died. Um, you know, celebrants have risen and come much more out of the um, uh, kind of the secular world. And as America becomes more secular uh, and less connected with a lot of the religious traditions that managed a lot of the grief that we had with um, uh, our, you know, when after someone died, what we do and how we're supposed to feel and just the, the steps and the things that you need to uh, walk through. Um, celebrants have stepped into that role to provide a comforting presence for an awful lot of people that uh, may not have them because they're not connected with some, some religious tradition. Wow. You know, this has been such a tumultuous time with COVID. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are people who haven't had yeah. funerals, fa families haven't been able right. to get together. Uh, some people haven't even had the, the funeral that they're going to have. Uh, you right. know, they're even waiting now, maybe even after two years to get the family together. I wonder what is your thought about that and what kind of tips and ideas do you have for people who have not been able to have the kind of ritual and family gathering that they had hoped? Well, the first thing I would say is it's never too late. Uh, sometimes we get... Uh, to a place and it's it's sort of like, well, that was a year or two years ago or something like that. And, and you know, we're all kind of in our lives and, and things, but the reality is, is that we need those things. As human beings, we need those rituals 
to mark time and space. And it's never too late to go back and do that. Um, uh, a colleague of mine has talked about, uh, just as an example, talked about um, uh, a family that he served and they were a uh, funeral family and they were like, You're not, we're not gonna do anything. We're just gonna get in and out of here as quickly as possible. And she came back to him a couple of years later and said she'd been to therapists, she'd been to talking with uh, uh, religious people and stuff. And they all said, look, you need to have a service. And two years after their, her loved one died, she had a service and, and the whole chapel was full, like 200 people wow. showed up because we need that place to say, and that time to stop, hold up and, and, and acknowledge this incredible loss that we have had in our life. Mm -hmm. And if we don't do that, it leaves a hole in us. And it's mm -hmm. something we continue to struggle with unconsciously, but it's something we do continue to struggle with. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things, I mean, this is maybe my bias and I'm an older person and all that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about the celebration of life thing that people are doing now. Uh, balloons and, you know, yep. candy and all that. And it's like, you know what, they died. I mean, they're not going to be with mm -hmm. us anymore. Uh, there seems to be a place in my mind to sorrow and sadness. And I also, I know this is old school, but I like seeing the body because I feel yep. like it's an opportunity to say goodbye and also to realize that this person is, that is their body. They are not there. That's right. That's right. You're really wise with that, uh, um, Gloria. There's, you know, we, we do need to, as uh, my mentor and a friend of yours uh, that you know, Dr. Bill Hoy says, uh, we need to confront the body. And mm. that's really important. Um, we've done a lot of things to try to push our grief away and to stay away from it. But it, every, everything that we do to do that, not having services, um, you know, having memorial services, and there are times that we can and should do those things, but it's always best to have the body or some kind of, you know, even if it's the cremated remains there, um, you know, to, to acknowledge that, again, this is really a powerful moment and, and something has dramatically changed in my world that mm -hmm. um uh and this person is not going to be there and i and i and i agree with you also that that you know funerals to me need to be or memorial services need to encompass everything you know we need to laugh we need to cry we need to have the whole range of emotions there because it is sacred space and that person that we that we are honoring at that moment we had a lot of different things that we experienced with them. We experienced laughter with them. I mean, every relationship has some laughter in it. Every relationship has some tears and some tension with it, you know, and we need to acknowledge that and to find a way to connect that person's story to the bigger story. The, as Fred Craddock has called it, the meta narrative, the bigger story of whether that is a religious heritage that you come out of, you know, a religious framework, whether it's Jewish or Christian or, or Islam, what's going on in the world? Is there, uh, you know, how does, how does this person's life fit into what is happening in, in the world and through their lifespan? 
you know, even if it's, if it's a secular kind of thing, understanding the world and that this person has lived through, that becomes really important because it bases and, and, and solidifies that person's life in history. And that way we have, a le I believe we have a little bit less tendency to just let them slide off the face of the planet, if you will, and not, um, uh, and try not to be, you know, uh, dealing with our, with our grief in a, in a focused manner. So, so it sounds like we need to validate and acknowledge and not minimize the fact that while we're going to have a continuing bond with them in the future, at the moment, it's very difficult that they have physically left our lives. That's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, and to stay away from that and, you know, oh, let's have something happy or, or mm -hmm. just a big party doesn't get at everything. And we are, I believe that we're going to go back and, and have to, you know, uh, work with that in some way. And again, those rituals really help us move, move through that and to encompass them all in a funeral or memorial service really is very uh, healing for us. I know in Ireland, you know, anciently they had uh, kind of parties, but they had the body there. Yes, they did. Really, that combination is pretty incredible. It really is. And, and the juxtaposition or the clash sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. you can look at it in both ways of, uh, you know, the sorrow and the, and, and the joy. You know, I hear a lot of people that will say, you know, um, well, they're not here and, and they're happy and, and, and I, I want to celebrate that with them. That's fine. But don't leave out the part of you that says, and, not but, and I am hurting. I am missing them. They are not here. And that is going to require a transition for me from the reality of their presence to one of, um, you know, living in my memories and, and other ways that I find that. Well, well, the other thing is, Galen, you know, when my brother died versus my father, there was a very different response from the world. Mm -hmm. My brother died at 17. So there was a lot of acknowledgement that he was young and he died and yep. it was horrific. When my father died in his early 80s, people said, well, he's lived a good life. Mm -hmm. He lived a long life. He lived a full life. And that wasn't for me. Yes, that was all. While that was all true, I still miss him. And Absolutely. I still noticed that he was gone and he died in you know, October of 2020. I'd never known a world without him in it. Right. So mm -hmm. although he had lived a long life, it didn't make me miss him any less, if that makes sense. Right. No, absolutely. So. Absolutely. And I've heard that statement before, Heidi, and I want to go back and, and highlight that for people, mm -hmm. that statement of, I never knew a world without them. Right. You know, those people in particular that are older than us, uh, mm -hmm. parents, older siblings and things, that really is a powerful way to understand what's going on. Because when somebody dies, our entire world changes. Mm -hmm. right. And we need to stop. We need to pause. We need to slow down. That's, you know, um, uh, life at three miles an hour, if you will, uh, a walking speed that uh, says, hey, something's really different here. And I need to take, a, I need to take stock of the landscape around me because while I see familiar things and there's some stuff that's familiar, it sure feels real different. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Galen. It's not kind of like an identity shift. 
Who am I without my brother on the earth? Who am I without my father on the earth? It's like you kind of go into an existential place and, and think about your identity without that person. It's, it absolutely is. Every loss that we have changes our identity uh, on, on some level. And that just goes to, you know, that, that relationship and that kinship that we have that Bill Worden has talked about, you know, that, that sense of, of who is this person and who are they to me? Our world will change more with the, the, the depth and the closeness of that relationship that we, that we have. And it, and it does change our identity, absolutely. You know, I wanna go full circle for a minute before we close the show. And I would like you to talk to the people who have had a loss during COVID. Do you yeah. have any thoughts for them? Yes, yeah. Um, again, first, my condolences, because this has been in our lifetimes, the, the lifetime of most everybody who's on the planet, nobody, has been through what, um, or very few people have been through what we have been through the last two and a half years. And your loss uh, in some ways can almost be just shellacked over because there we have had so much of it, so many different kinds of losses. And the experience has been almost, you know, just kind of a dismissive of that. Well, and if your person died from COVID, well, they're one of, you know, how many did we have? you know, uh, 10 million in the world or something. And I've, I've lost because the number's astronomical. It's, it's almost hard to get uh, uh, our heads around that. And so give yourself some real permission to, con- to still be feeling the grief that you have been going through. That is, uh, I think, one of the best things that I ever say to, to anybody is if we can give ourselves permission to feel and experience what it is that we are going through, then that has a chance to actually well up and do the work within us that of, of grieving, of changing us, changing our understanding of who we are, as well as um, doing the work of processing the pain and the loss and everything that, that, that comes that way. So again, you know, honor yourself for that. And again, as I said early on, it's never too late to go back and do that have if you've not had something or if you feel the need continuing to do something maybe around an anniversary or a holiday that's coming up make sure that you plan that and do that it will be you'll find it really helpful so plan some rituals yep absolutely and and simple things you know eating at uh, your person's favorite restaurant uh having a cake or something to to um uh, commemorate the fact that it has been a year or two or whatever it is, because your head and your heart know those dates and they, they understand them unconsciously. And so to be able to bring that out and to, to represent that by a cake or going someplace, going to the, going to the cemetery or going out, maybe, you know, if you, if you scattered them at sea, going back to the sea and, and, and being there to do something uh, can be, again, just very, very healing because we are walking our way through this real different alien space that we find ourselves in. Oh. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. And I want to uh, get uh, any contact information you have, but I also want to say to people that the Association of Deaf Educators, ADAC, 
is a very interesting place for non-academic people to go. Because yes. There are great presenters. This is where academia presents their research, where mm -hmm. they talk about really cutting edge things in the world of grief and loss, where people are really interested in it. And I honestly don't think the lay community knows enough about this and what is out there. People can reach out to me, uh, the Forest Lawn website. You can find me there. My email is gobin at forestlawn.com. It's very easy. First initial, last name at forestlawn.com. Um, if you Google Forest Lawn, it's easy to find there. And uh, we are pretty, uh, uh, pretty famous and for a lot of different things and stuff. And I'm really grateful to have my role there. Um, and we've got a, a, a good Facebook page as well and everything called Journeys Through Grief, where mm -hmm. we do a lot of postings and videos and things like that. Just, to, again, trying to support the community, doing a lot of validation and all that really will help us to move through. So look us up on the web. And uh, if you reach out, got a question, I'm always uh, good at getting back to you. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. And it's great to see you. Thank you. My absolute pleasure. Y'all take care. Thank you, Galen. You are definitely a shining light. Your spirit is amazing. We are so happy we had you on the show today. I look forward to seeing you at ADEC. Yes, ma'am. It'll be great. And we want to thank everybody for joining our show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.